What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Show. It's episode number 190. Wow. This, of course, is the voice of the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. What's up? What up? Let's bring in the bro host as well. At Jared Buckendall. I am here to podcast. Now, this is podcasting. This is podcasting. What up? Man, 190 episodes. I I didn't realize until I was saying it in the open that... uh, it's a lot of fucking... Every now and then it occurs to me how many episodes we've done, and um, it kind of surprises me. We're edging ever closer to episode Gross. 200, which we're really excited for. And, I'm always um, edging yeah, during frequent, this show. We're, we're frequent edgers, um, something we well, do often on this show. There's, there's a title already. <laughs> frequent edgers. Hit the closer. Frequent edgers. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we peaked early. We... Uh, before we dive in, I uh, want to make sure folks know about our next live SoCo show. Um, so it's coming up in just a couple of weeks, two weeks after the release of this podcast. Thursday, April 22nd. Uh, it's going to be over on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be getting, uh, that's the last week before Oscars, so we'll have a little bit of Oscar talk then. And actually a little bit of a programming note. Next week we are hoping to have Lindsay Monday, friend of the show, who's been on a couple of times. I believe this is her. That don't impress me much. I believe that's her funky ass sounder. Um, uh-huh. But uh, Lindsay's going to be on. And next week we're going to make our Oscar picks. So if you are a new listener um, over the last year, you may not know that we typically have a competition around the Oscars where we try to pick the winners and um, you, you choose for a bunch of categories and choose how confident you are. And there's a whole point system and uh, the winner historically has gotten some sort of prize. And so we'll talk more later next week um, about the Oscar game. But um, again, make sure you catch that episode to hear our picks and um, hear about how to play the game yourself. We're, we're doing it in a new way this year that we're pretty excited about. So make sure you come back for that. So that's next week's show. In two weeks, we're going to have that live show over on the JBox Studios YouTube page. So it's a pretty fun month for uh, the SoCo show. A lot of co- cool stuff coming down the pipe here, and we hope you'll join us for all of it. Um, now, that said, we're very glad that you've joined us for episode 190. Um, we're going to get into a lot of fun stuff. We're going to bring back um, a, the segment Tournament of Trivial Topics that we started last week, and we had so much fun talking about ballpark snacks and food. So we're going to have a new tournament. I actually don't even know yet what what we're going to be uh what's going to be competing in the tournament. Seth has kept that a secret. So we're going to do that a little bit later on. We're going to review some movies um, and uh, talk about some fun stuff along the way. So um, <laughs> welcome in, strap yourself down, and uh, let's, ha- let's have ourselves a good podcast, boys. <laughs> we, we have been known to, uh, to induce seizures on the SoCo show, mm-hmm. so better strap yourself down during this one. Yeah. It's true. This podcast may include flashing lights that could cause <laughs> seizures in folks with... Uh, um, What's it called? Epilepsy. Yeah. Epilepsy. It's, yeah. It's the SoCo Show and Invincible on, on Amazon Prime, where the two two programs that cause seizures. <laughs> That's exactly why I knew what the, what it said, because I remembered it from watching that. Oh, um, well, good. Well, we are off. We got, uh, got the little bit of programming stuff out of the way, so let's fire it up here, and uh, let's start by warming up the old titillator, <gasps> getting into some titillating topics. Titillating. 
Sorry, I didn't uh, I didn't do enough warming up of the titillator. I didn't do I didn't tune the radio. Uh oh. Uh, like I should have. Um, <laughs> it's but, a uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> tuning the radio, right? Like yeah. yeah. Is that an is that a is that a nipple play pun? <laughs> <laughs> it is. And now I can visualize it. <laughs> telling you it's always the right one to 99.5 and the left one to 101.7 yeah that's that's pretty specific that's nice maybe one person out there will get that one i mean the rule book for a podcast the the general playbook is to make as many obscure jokes as you can so i think you're nailing it today nice (laughs) nice nice if that's the rule, then we have an excellent fucking podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys ever go back and listen, but we make a lot of very random jokes. Uh, yeah. Most of them sexual. So welcome in, folks, especially if you're a new listener. Again, I <laughs> uh, hope you're still strapped down. <laughs> All right. The titillator has been properly warmed up. Um, got plenty of lubrication in that thing, and uh, we're going to go ahead and insert our dominance into the, the titillator. Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's nasty. Man, it's like yelling into a cave. <laughs> oh. Echo, echo, echo. All right, titillator. Wow. Now that you've been finally uh, warmed up, let's go ahead and run you. Let's twist that now, baby. I think this is a good one for us as a show. We talk a lot about food and food-related products. Um we had concession foods last week for the, the tournament. And so this week, the question is, topic is, if your life was a meal, what kind of meal would it be? Ooh. This feels like a very broad question. Because when you mm-hmm. say type yeah, of how deep meal, do you get? for some reason I was thinking like, you know, a course number type meal. But I, that, that's not the way I want to go. But that's what came to mind. I mean, mm. just a just a just a general meal is what I'm thinking here. Like, um, I'm thinking like, so let's say we'll say an entree, a side, and a beverage. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Okay. I think I know what my entree would be. Um, okay. It, the meal doesn't have to be a meal you would eat all at once, right? Does it have? Can they be different each one? I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> My entree is going to be something at this. I haven't eaten this in a long, long time. Um, and this is probably going to surprise you guys because you know I haven't eaten this in a long time. My entree would be a waffle um, with like a sweet kind of um, maybe like a, like a brown sugar sort of topping on the waffle and then a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top. Ooh. Um, a lot of reasons why. Uh, first is it's 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 warm and cold. I've been accused by a lot of my exes as being hot and cold. Um, the classic it is, uh, very Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's very uh, IPMS like a bitch. Uh, <laughs> you should know. Um, I do. I the hot and cold thing. It's it's very sweet. I'm very sweet, but potentially too sweet sometimes. I can be a little much. Um, and then the brown sugar and the vanilla ice cream, I think is obvious I'm mixed. So you got to have a little bit of, you got to have a little bit of both in there. So I think, I think that would be my entree. I think my, uh, side, my side would be steak fries. Um, Mm. because 
<laughs> because they're thick and filling. Oh, dang. <laughs> Holy shit. We're a perverted podcast. Today. Wow, drop me in that fryer, baby. <laughs> nice. No, actually, just because I, they would just be have they would just have so much salt, and I, I would not allow ketchup near them, so they would be kind of dry. So my my humor uh, would be represented by the side, salty and um, uh, salty and dry, and then I'd have a Pepsi to finish it off, just because I'm I'm crisp, refreshing, and all American. So that's my meal. After thirty seconds of thinking about it. Interesting. <laughs> okay, Seth, do you got your meal figured out? Um, let's see here. I'd say the entree is a hot dog, because you can eat me from both ends. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> 190 episodes, and that is the grossest thing I've heard on this show. <laughs> wow. From. Oh my god, that is so foul. <laughs> that glizzy's for breakfast, I'm never gonna hear the same way. Oh my god. Whew. Wow. Oh, I'm crying. I'm, 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 there's a wet Cody right now. <laughs> Shit. That is, oh man. Wow. I'm glad we don't do animated shorts yet. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What do I want for side? Um, I didn't get past the hot dog. <laughs> in my head. I don't think I'm ever going to get past it. <laughs> the side would be... The side would be mashed potatoes because you got to use your tongue. Oh, there it is. Nice. And, and then the drink would be a nice, nice uh, tall glass of whiskey. Put some hair on your chest. There you go. Peanut. Nothing like chest hair. Everybody loves that. <laughs> Especially when they're talking about food. <laughs> and eating you from both ways. Yikes. So hot dog, mashed potatoes, and a glass of whiskey. Hmm. See, so your meal is... Your meal, you could actually eat that meal together. Um, mm-hmm. Mine would be kind of wacky, but yours... I would sit down and eat that exact meal. I yeah, would eat you, you from both ends as well. <laughs> well, Cody, I feel like your your entree or whatever is more of like a it's like an entree dessert almost. You know, you start with the fries, oh, you yeah. talk, you're having a nice conversation over the fries, and then they bring out your uh, waffle dessert, and that's uh, that's how you finish it off. Um, again, I think my uh, my my side. I'm gonna start with my side, and I think that uh, it it it's gotta be. I'm just going to say your classic French fry, you know, kind of like nice. maybe one from like an Applebee's or something like that. Not not necessarily the steak ones, just your classic ones, because uh, I, I think I'm very, you know, I can fit into any kind of situation with people. I'm kind of like a chameleon, I would say, or at least that's how I see myself. Go. As oh. long as you're not steak fries, like if you're a steak fries, then mm-hmm. you, know, you might as well just go mm-hmm. home. And oh, man, if I, if, I, if I would have said potato wedges, uh, that would have been the worst choice because of the – Again, if uh, people remember, the potato wedge is uh, the worst French fry out there. No, it's, it's shoestring fries are the worst. Oh, okay, yeah, fries. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Yeah, those. They, did are, I yeah. say steak fries? Fuck a shoestring fry. Wait, I meant to say. You said steak I meant, fries. I meant you were to say string. I tried to say shoestring fries. Shoestring fries is what I yeah, meant. Yeah, yeah, so, those string yeah, fries. Yeah, reverse that. 
Well, you're not you're not string fries at least. No, 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 no. Those are trash. Those are trash. Um, for my entree, I think I would again be kind of you know a reliable thing, a little bit more uh, maybe towards the immature side of things. So it's definitely going to be chicken fingers, but mm. it's a plethora nice. of dipping sauces. So we have the buffalo. So I'm a little spicy at times. You got the ranch. I'm a little cool there. Tangy. You don't know which way I'm going with the barbecue sauce there. So you know a little bit of uh, flavor in the mix with those uh, chicken tendies. But now for the drink, it's a Capri Sun, but the Capri Sun (laughs) is full of vodka because I am a child, but an adult. (laughs) From the outside, I look like a child, but the inside, I have failing organs from alcohol abuse. You're full of vodka. I love your meal is maybe the best one, I think. Uh, You have the most time to think about it, too. But um, Seth and I I had some. some adult Capri Suns. They're really fun to drink yeah. unless you tip them over and dump them all over yourself, which is really easy to do. Um, but the vodka in the Capri Sun thing is a pretty sweet, makes you feel like a, like an adult in a kid's body or the reverse, kid in an adult's body. Yeah, you don't want to um, be an adult in a kid's body. No, not really. You want to be 13 going on 30, not 17 <laughs> again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And the movies, I think, pretty much bear that out if mm-hmm. you look at the quality between the two. <laughs> I, I, I should also – so I, I won't be entirely perverted. I will say mashed potatoes would be my, my side because I'm, I'm versatile. You can have them with a lot of things. They can be fried as well. Um, you can put gravy on them. You can Different types of gravy. You can put butter on them, put salt on them, sour cream, cheese. You know, mashed potatoes are tasty. And whiskey because you can cause – because I, I pack a little punch, a little mm. kick, you know. Sometimes I can, There's a little I can kick to you. hit you when you're not looking. <laughs> a, maybe some, maybe well, you, some laughs, maybe some sentimental things. Again, versatile. Well, you just hit us with a fucking right hook with that fucking hot dog joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not changing ago. that one. No. I like I, that that one. You know, <laughs> that stands true. You can eat me from both ends. <laughs> oh, I like both of your guys's. I like Jared's too because you're right. That that sense of like. I'm this thing, but I'm, I can be all these different ones with all the sauces um, and the fries. I think that holds true. Um, Seth, to your point, that variety and everything. And I'm just a salty bitch, so that's, that's why I like fries. <laughs> You're a salty um, cat. Yeah, I am a salty, salty cat. We're going to bring back Ooh, the salty baby. cat sometime soon. This was a fun. We got to keep whatever, whatever software you're using in the titillator right now, we got to mm-hmm. keep it because that's a great question. Um, that's a good first date question for anybody out there who's looking to start some conversations post-COVID. Um, but for now, all it's doing is, is getting us properly titillated to fire up this episode of the SoCo Show. And I think it has accomplished that goal. So let's move it on and um, let us know. If you guys end up putting together any of these meals and eating us, uh, let us know how we taste. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> Titillating <laughs> topics. Yikes. <laughs> I was wondering if I'd get you with that. <clears throat> Alrighty. Well, uh, now that we're properly titillated, let's take a look at the tweets. We're going to check in with WWE legend The Iron Sheik. Time for some Sheik tweets. I call you a punk. Iron Sheik gives us a message that I think really just reiterates what we all knew or know. Um, you know, kind of a life lesson, but I don't think everyone takes it to heart. I don't think people actually do this every day. Um, but uh, it's something that 
you know, you, you got to be reminded of every once in a while. He says a, a suplex a day keeps the shiki away. <laughs> Are you supposed to give a suplex or receive one? I don't know. To keep the sheik. I'd maybe just want to hang out with the sheik. I'd rather hang out with the sheik than be suplexed. I think. Well, if, it, if we're well, going by Christmas rules, it's better to give than to receive. That's true. That's true. Well, not uh. in all things, but on Christmas, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that the sheik is, is, you know, promoting good habits, promoting good health. And um, if he wants to be the boogeyman, just like the doctor and the apples, I, I think that's admirable. The sheik mm-hmm. is just trying to keep the kids in shape. Uh, so you keep practicing your your uh, suplexes and the sheik won't have to come make you humble kids i think that's the lesson here i did find one other one here i was scrolling through i just i just missed this one um it's a it's a it's a remix or a, a parody of a classic uh uh tv theme song um it's uh it's one that i think cody you've said in the past that uh it, it rings it, it's a theme song that in your head gives you joy and maybe um, potentially arousal um from when you heard it <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it, it's based on when you were hearing it, I guess. Um, uh, it's a, it's a classic show called Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut that Cheers gives me boners, but it is. Accurate. Oh no. Um, that is, uh, wow. That's a blast from the, I used to, uh, in my early, in my early days of hooking up, I, when I was in high school, the only chance I got to hook up was late at night after my girlfriend's parents had gone to bed. So typically we were watching Nick at night and Cheers was coming on while we were doing it. So that's the connection there. Um, it's a weird one. It's a deep cut. I'm glad mm-hmm. you made me fucking say that on the podcast, Seth. You're really welcome. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, you are the editor. You can cut it out if you want. Um, yeah, fair. No, but Shiki uh, puts his own his own twist on, twist on it and he says... Uh, making your way in the world today takes everything you got then you can stop being a fucking dumb son of a bitch and do something you lazy piece of garbage (laughs) (laughs) wow i think we would all like to get where the sheik knows our name i think that's Mm -hmm. that's a goal of this podcast we've been talking about that for a while so uh old sam and the gang down at cheers and norm and all them uh they just got remixed by the sheik well done as always norm I call you a punk. Alrighty, let's shout out these sponsors here. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Also check out Mathis Designs. That's our good friend Steph. She's doing all sorts of graphic design. You can commission a piece of your very own if you like. Just head over to mathisdesigns.com. I think you kind of changed that one up, didn't you? Yeah, did I throw you off? Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense for me to say, get that piece. You didn't say anything about a piece. I, I think I slipped it in before, but I will say, did or you? to commission a piece of your very own. There you go. Get that piece. Get that piece, and you got to get yourself a piece of Mike's wood. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Oh, my. Oh, Mike. Mike's been sending us some pics of his uh, of his wood lately. And, oh, no. Uh, he's doing some really good work. Some really good work over there, especially if you're in the market uh, this summer, if you're throwing some summer parties for some uh, cornhole boards. It's kind of the specialty um, over there at Corn Fed and Wed. So if you want some personalized cornhole boards, now is the time. Get them, uh, get them so you can get them back by the time you, you're throwing your summer parties. 
Uh, Mike's doing an excellent job over there with that stuff. So again, go check them out. Also go check out on Spotify, Friday After Class. That's NPA and Jack on the weekends. A uh, little comedy, a little rap. Uh, later on in the end time, a little glizzies for breakfast featuring Lil Seaman is going to be dropped over there. So uh, you guys are going to want to hit the Spotify link in the description box and go become a follower of Friday After Class as well as NPA. Um, his solo music is out there as well, and, and we'll have a link to that in the description box. So if you're looking for some tunage, uh, look no further than Friday After Class and NPA. What? That's why I sleep till noon. There we go. Um, let's see. NPA also partners with our very own Jared Buckendall on Room 56 Studios. So the guys are helping you put together uh, videos, uh, video editing, audio editing, graphic design, anything to take your creative idea and get it ready to put out into the world. So uh, head over to room56studios.com to get started. Waka waka. Boom. And of course, last but not least, we have Anchor, our podcasting hosting service. Uh, so let's go to a quick sexy-ass 30-second ad about them. Wow. Well, now that everyone is properly aroused, um, we're going to roll on after the Anchor ad and say that uh, Anchor is also the best place to leave us voice messages. So if you want to hear your own voice on the SoCo show, typically we like to play those voice messages on the live shows, uh, which we have coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, hit, hit the link in the description box. Tell it to leave us a message, uh, ask us a question, ask us to settle a bet, uh, give us a hot take, tell us how much we suck, whatever it is, uh, jump in the voice messaging on Anchor and uh, make your voice a part of the show. And while you're over there, it's also the place to contribute to the show and become what we call an anchor wanker. Wanker. This is... uh, this is what we call our favorite folks who are contributing to the show on a monthly basis, whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five dollars monthly. Every little bit helps. I uh, want to give a big shout out to our current anchor wankers. Wanker. Uh, y'all know who you are. We really appreciate you guys keeping the show going, keeping us growing, keeping us, uh, giving us the ability to try new things. Uh, we, we keep saying it lately, but um, we're, we're going to have some big stuff coming down the pipe soon that we're really excited to share with you soon. And so um, if you've been an anchor wanker, you're, you're supporting wanker. some really exciting stuff for us already. If you're not a wanker, uh, wanker, now is a great time to become one. So head on over to Anchor and and uh, choose the contribution amount that's right for you. And when we hit 25 anchor wankers wanker. is when we will get a brand new NPA exclusive released right here on the SoCo Show. So lots of stuff to work toward there. And uh, don't forget, you'll get a shout out and a shot taken in your honor on the next live show if you join Anchor Wankership. So Wanker. Um, really love seeing all you guys out there. And even if you're not a wanker, we want to thank you for spending uh, this time with us on the show. Just by clicking on this episode, you've already helped us out. Um, the only other thing we would ask is uh, help us grow the party. Share us with some friends. Uh, if there's someone that you think would, would laugh at Seth's hot dog joke, then um, you know, show them this podcast. Uh, bring them into the party. We'd love to grow the audience. And uh, every little bit helps. So we appreciate you guys doing that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up sponsors here. So let's get into our next segment. We're going to return to what we started last week and get back into our tournament of trivial topics. A tournament of trivial topics. (laughs) Fight. Boom. There's the drop. I like it. I can't believe we did that live. That sounded really good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on my Mortal Kombat impression It's coming along nicely <laughs> So as Cody said 
uh, both uh, Cody and Jared are unaware of what the topic is. Uh, of course, this week we're going to be 90s talking... 90s cartoon uh, shows. No, that could oh, be fuck. Sunday. Um, but in, before that happens, we're going to be doing a topic related to what we'll be talking about uh, later on in the show, uh, the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, we are going to be doing a tournament of movie monsters. Um, oh, fuck. Six, yeah, let's do six, it. 16 movie monsters. Um, I will say, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to get 16. And so I kind of, like, combine some of them. So, for example, um, like, werewolf, the wolfman, that type of thing. Demon, devil, that could be, like, anything. Like, you know, your uh, um, insidious or know. your paranormal A demon activity. and a devil, I don't think they're the same, man. I, I think, uh, you know... I dated an ex that was a demon, but she definitely wasn't the <laughs> devil. <laughs> <laughs> but without further further ado, we'll go uh, each matchup sixteen total entries here, and uh, we'll go go through and crown the top movie monster. Again, kind of stretch some of these. So number sixteen technically is a monster if you get him wet. Uh, it's a gremlin against the number one seed, Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla versus a gremlin? Can I have no. like a, it's like it has the same property. So like if you gremlins, dropped it in maybe? if you dropped it in the ocean where Godzilla is, it would like there'd, there'd be, be a lot of them. gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do they replicate when you get them wet? Yep. Yeah, you don't get them wet. I thought they just got pissed. Oh, I didn't know no, that. No, they okay. they replicate. I've never even seen Man. gremlins and I know that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just yeah, I didn't know about the replication. Well, that changes things, but I still got to go Godzilla here. I, I have a hard time not thinking he's just gonna stomp on these little fuckers. So okay, I'm curious: is this like a battle royale? Whoever wins, or is this like who's the coolest? Um, it could be your favorite. It could be um, yeah, more, more like who 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 what your favorite is, hmm. what, what you what you prefer between the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but okay. you could also throw into that if you want to make it an argument. You know, again, like I just said, you could throw. A gremlin into the ocean and yeah, it turns well, into a, see, a Godzilla-sized that, Godzilla. That, that's the that's the gremlin. problem here with the, with the gremlin. You throw them in the ocean, you're only gonna get a bunch of furry ones because they only turn evil if you feed them after midnight. Um, yeah. So you might have to throw them some crackers or you know pieces of bread, like ducks, <laughs> and feed them. It, it just seems like a process. So I gotta go with Godzilla here. Yeah, Godzilla. I agree. All right, Godzilla's moving on. Next matchup. Eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The eight seed <laughs> Jaws versus the nine seed Emotep, the mummy. I was gonna say or I don't know mummy. any emo people. <laughs> <laughs> Emotep is dubstep for emo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> and join the Black Parade. Oh, what's the uh, Batman song? No parents. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm not even a huge Mummy franchise guy. Um, not I know, Jared, you're a big fan. But I'd probably go Im- Imhotep on this one, I think. I think he's just cooler. He's got all that swag. He's rich as fuck. He can summon scarabs. He can change into a weird ghost guy. Mm-hmm. Pretty tough to beat Imhotep, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that too. I mean, the shark has home field advantage in the water, but how many times is yeah. the mummy going to get to the water? I mean, if you get him wet, his toilet paper gets all soggy. He's going to have to put on a new wrap <laughs> and stuff like that. It just, you know, there's pros and cons here or there, but I think with the supernatural powers of it, um, I, I got to go with uh, what, Emo, Emotep? Is that what his name is? Mm-hmm. Her name, his name, someone's name? I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, that's that's where I'd go, go with as well. Move on to the matchup. Five seed Frankenstein's monster versus the, the aforementioned number 12 seed of demon slash devil. Hmm. So Jared's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Jared's ex-girlfriend versus Frankenstein. <laughs> my it's Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm leaning more towards Frankenstein's monster here. Um, so, I mean, cause a demon can't really do much to it. You know he's he's, you know, dead, essentially. Doesn't have a soul. Yeah, he can't be possessed. Uh, I don't think. He could just take whatever's possessing it and just crush it. So, I'm going with Frankenstein. What do you think, Jared? I don't know here because again, a demon, a devil. You know, they're they're doing their thing in the shadows and stuff. Probably in you know, if they're doing a mortal stomp, mortal combat style battle in the third round, the demon will show his true figure. Um, in the in the shadows and whatnot, but the first time he's going to be, you know, messing with them, making them see illusions and whatnot. Ah. Frankenstein, I mean, he he can get electrical powers from those bolts in his neck. He uh, he can, has big fists, I think, so he could probably punch them. But then again, it's a demon. They do call him Fisty Frankenstein. Yeah, Fisty Franks, Frank's fists. <laughs> um, I uh, Frank's fists. I. Uh, in the in the just monster wise, I'm gonna give it to Frankenstein because I feel like a Oop. demon's a demon, a demon. You know, you can get a bunch of different variants yeah. of it, but a demon's a demon. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I'm gonna make it a clean sweep too. I think demons are like a cop out in scary movies because demon can just do whatever it feels like doing. Mm-hmm, it can possess. Mm-hmm. It can put, um, you know, abor- apparitions. It can do, and it feels like a like a cop out as a writer. Frankenstein has like real depth and is you can connect with him emotionally, and he's got multiple stories. There's a reason he's stayed around all this time. I, I'm gonna go with old Frank as well. Mm-hmm. Make it a make it a, 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 a clean sweep. All righty. Well, we got next round here. The number four seed Predator from Ooh. the Predator franchise versus oh, yeah. uh, zombies, and we'll say the World War Z zombies. Ooh, the quick the ones, ones that, that can pile up, quick ones, and oh, that turn into a that giant zombies, ramp. Dude. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's yeah. one of the most horrifying shots I've ever yeah. seen. Yep, yeah, them climbing up that wall is fucking scary. I gotta go with Predator though. I mean, Predator, like, am I? Yeah, I pro- I'm probably equally as afraid of Predator as I am those zombies. And Predator has, like, fucking swag. He is cool. His, like, his shit is all, um, his gear is all awesome. He's got the sick dreadlocks. He's got the cool mask. Uh, I, I just think he's, Predator is totally swagged out. I'm gonna, I'm taking Predator deep if you guys are gonna let me. Gross. Yeah, please don't um. go deep on any Predators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nasty. I... <laughs> See, okay, you 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 changed it up, and you said the World War Z ones, and those are yeah. the terrifying ones. Those are, the, those yeah, are those zombies. Are, that's why I went with that one. With rabies, because they're moving quick, they're jumping, they're climbing. Yeah. I mean, if you were to put these two, uh, the the Predator and uh, these World War Z zombies, into a Fortnite, I mean, these zombies are making ramps, they're making platforms. Like the the Predator's got nowhere to go with them building all of this stuff out of their own, you know, 
of mm-hmm. you know themselves i i really want to go with predator but if these zombies get close enough he is overrun he's going to get swallowed up by this horde essentially i mean he mm-hmm. has like these what I don't, I don't know like crazy sharp blades and swords that come out of his arms and lasers on his shoulders and he has heat seek like that's another thing are these zombies cold-blooded because they're dead so then his heat seeking thing doesn't see them i i gotta go with these zombies oh here. shit oh Ooh. man uh-oh that's a lot of pressure um, if he can't see him that's a crippling weakness yeah I, because I we saw really... arnie he got by him though i went with them because they're the most intense like because with the demon devil thing like there's there's so many demons devil movies you know insidious and conjuring and all that stuff like um they're all pretty menacing but the world war z zombies are by far and away like the most terrifying um walking dead zombies they've killed probably hundreds of thousands of zombies on that show in the 10 seasons and none of them have ever been a real threat it takes like a hundred <laughs> yeah. of them to be like for them to be like oh no like literally this last <laughs> episode on this last week's episode or two weeks ago when whenever carol she like goes up to a group of like 20 of them and she's like let's fucking go like 20 zombies if there was 20 people in a fight like i'm running away from that mm-hmm. like um but uh yeah the world war z zombies they're they're more terrifying um you know what i think we're going with our first upset here i'm going with the zombies Ooh, damn fuck you guys i don't like that oh one. wow <laughs> I told you, I I just I on swag alone, I was gonna go, I was gonna vote Predator all the way. The, I think Predator is the, so fucking cool. The but thing is, tech wise, I get it. Yeah, like tech wise, I mean, he is the ultimate Predator. But the thing is, if he, if one of them gets their arm on him, not just a bite, but it's gonna hold him down, and then the rest are just gonna flock onto him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. stomp all yeah, over. Yeah, they'll him, eat his ass him, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Stomp a mud hole and him walk him dry. Um... <laughs> Next round, the number three seed, Xenomorph, Alien, versus the 14 seed. I, I didn't really know what to go with here, so I went with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon, um, You could also <laughs> substitute in their swamp thing as well. Like, one of those, like a swamp creature, essentially. I was never really af- afraid of the swamp thing. I think it's a goofy, weird creature. If I was in the swamp, I would, I'm sure my opinion would I'm change. I'm old Greg. <laughs> I'm old Greg. But I think maybe... <laughs> Yeah, it's old Craig's vagina. <laughs> I think uh, maybe it's because of Alien versus Predator, but I think I think the Alien has some of that swag too that the yeah. that the Predator has. It's got a cool, sleek look. Sneaks around in the dark. It's got the scream, um, the fucking chest bursting, and the the way it clamps onto your face. There's just a lot of cool shit that that thing does, and I don't know a single thing that the Swamp Guy does that's cool. So I, yeah. I'm emphatically going to go with the Xenomorph here. Me too. Yeah, I feel like a clean sweep here, but, uh, you know, Swamp Thing, I think if he got him in water, that'd be the best thing because I feel like Swamp Thing probably just flies through the water, you know, the webbed hands and toes and whatnot, but the alien has acid breath, or no, not acid breath, but blood, so, like, if the Swamp Thing, like, tries to claw him or bite him or something, his teeth are going to just burn off, so Mm -hmm. you got to go with Mm -hmm. the Xenomorph. I agree. Yep. Clean clean sweep there. Next round, number six seed, Nosferatu, Dracula, versus <laughs> the Kraken. The butt Kraken. <clears throat> Oof. Well, straight up, uh, Dracula can only fight half the day, you know? He has like an eight-hour window. Blah. True. Um, but when he does fight, you can't see him. I know, and he says, blah. Blah. Right before he bites you. Blah. 
Um, I'm gonna go though with uh, with with Nosferatu here. I got a soft, I got a got a soft spot in my heart for for uh, old Dracula. You're a vampire guy, huh? Blah. Can't Man, you, can't if you we tell? Revisit the, if we revisit the swag factor, Nosferatu and and every iteration of Dracula is dripping with fucking swag. Mm-hmm. But what they don't have, if the Kraken is around. You all, the you need three words. I they there will be in the trailer. I fucking promise you, and it's release the kraken. <laughs> and in every movie that has a kraken, when they say release the kraken, and that motherfucker gets up out of the water, and you know that's it's the only shot in a movie with the kraken in it. That's the only shot they care about, and it's always so awesome. So in terms of just like the entrance music, <laughs> and the way that the kraken comes down the ramp. I, I think uh, I'm going to go with the Kraken here. So, Jared, you're going to have to make tie. So, you're, according to what you're saying, they're fighting in like a WWE arena, like a boxing match. Like they're coming down the ramp. That's his criteria. Promos. Huh. In this case, yeah. Huh. But now, that doesn't have to be every time. I know, but right when you said that, now I picture it. I'm like, okay, now this changes Blah. everything. Because, hmm. Man. And the thing is, I, I'm going to kind of size them up so they're close to the same because, you know, I feel like the Kraken is always ginormous. So I'm going to try to give them the equal, the height, weight is, you know, different. You know, Dracula, he's surviving on blood. It's probably pretty thin, so he probably doesn't weigh that much. Um, and he can turn into a bat. Yeah, he can Blah. fly. I think, you know what, <laughs> I got to give it to Dracula because he has Ariel. There you go. Like, he has the, the sky. Areolus? Yeah, Areolus, oh, too. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be the Kraken. <laughs> oh, you guys are just killing me. Everyone yeah, I love, you you're suck. just fucking getting rid of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next round, I haven't seen the the higher-ranked seed here, number seven, the seven seed, The Thing. Um, but that was on a lot of the lists I was looking up. Versus Gotta watch the, um, the number 10 seed, The Wolfman slash Werewolves. Okay. Could be Teen Wolf if you want. Michael J. Fox. Or Jason I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first again, and and the first thing I'll say is, Seth, you got to watch the thing, the original one, but also the the new one that they made, um, in like twenty ten or eleven, um, was surprisingly good for mm-hmm. a movie no one asked for. Yeah, um, I actually I was I was researching that recently. I didn't realize it was a it was a what they call a shadow prequel. Yeah, it was like that's part of the twist of it, um, and it's not really giving that much away, but it takes place like. Even though they shot it like 30 years later, it takes place like at the, around and at the same time, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to go with The Thing. I think The Thing is, the only reason that The Thing isn't more horrifying is because it's in Antarctica. But if that thing got to any populated area, we'd all be so fucked. So um, I, I got to go with The Thing here, and I, I just like that movie better. Um, Wolfman, pretty played out. Uh, it, I, I liked Teen Wolf for a few seasons. Um, but I'm not, I don't think I would say that I'm really afraid of werewolves. Um, but if the thing is out there, that shit is going to cost me some sleep. So I'm going thing. I, yeah, the thing is absolutely terrifying because, you know, if anyone has watched the film, like you can see it, but also you, it might be in your buddy Frank over here, you know, it might be disguising itself and whatnot and it can it, it's a horrible creature where it has a, an undefined form. So I think it could easily adapt to the Wolfman. And the thing that I have problem with the Wolfman is that he he relies on a full moon. 
what if it's cloudy that mm. night? You know, he's going in and out of it. You've seen it happen many times in movies and whatnot. I think that it's a very unreliable creature or power where it's like he might have the upper hand against the thing, but then all of a sudden there's a cloud, you know. Uh, so then he's like, oh, crap, now I'm butt naked. I'm just a dude here, and now the thing's going to kill me. So I, I got to go with the thing here. Yes. Things moving on. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really have a vote here. I haven't seen the thing, nor really know much about the Wolfman stuff. Um, so I'll vote for the thing as well. Clean sweep there. And then our final first round bracket matchup here uh, is the number two seed, of course, King Kong, because that's what it's inspired by, versus the fifteen seed, the Mist. My, my my only problem with the Mist is the the incredible ending that Frank Darabont's The Mist has. Um, one of the best endings of a horror movie ever. But that's not the scary, you know, that's just the ending. It's not the monster. So mm-hmm. King Kong is, is pretty tough to beat for me, I think. Going back to that swag factor, he's got a whole, he's got a whole island of worshippers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he scores with uh, Carmen Electra at some point. So and he's got a super dope to, axe. Uh, yeah, and apparently he's wielding an axe. I haven't seen the new one yet, um, but uh, apparently he's swinging tools now. So I, it's going to be hard to top. <laughs> Kong for me. <laughs> I guess he's been swinging tools this whole time. If you're on that <laughs> island, you've been seeing his swinging tool the whole time. Yikes. Yeah, now he's carrying in his hand. Oh, man. He was before. Uh, Seth, what do you got? <laughs> I'm going King Kong too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed King Kong. Uh, I watched the first movie recently, or the Skull Island. Watched saw him in Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm a, I'm a fan of King Kong now. Um, I'm going with King Kong. Yeah, obviously, you know, my vote doesn't really even matter. I don't know much about the lore or uh, uh, powers, I guess, of the mist uh, creatures or animals or whatever. Um, So, yeah, King Kong, I guess. Boom. All right. We're on to the Elite Eight. Uh, The number one seed, Godzilla, versus the number nine seed, Emotep, the mummy. This one's tricky. Because in the first round, I was like, oh, Godzilla would just crush the gremlins in a fight. But I want to get away from that as my logic, because otherwise it's obviously just going to end up Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it will anyway. But Imhotep, I talked myself into being a pretty big Imhotep fan mm-hmm. earlier. And I again, I got to respect the drip. Like, he's got that whole fucking temple of shit that he got. You know, he's got drawings of himself. He's got the cool look. But Godzilla's pretty cool. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? I, I'm leaning towards uh, the mummy as well. Can I hear your logic behind this one? Oh, I'm just more of a fan of. Oh, you're just more of a fan of his drip, <laughs> like like Cody. I mean, I I think that he does have the ability to control sand. So you just throw sand in Godzilla's eyeballs; he won't be able to see. Um, but man, it, he, he can can also wield the Scorpion King whenever he needs to. Yeah, can you imagine? The Rock giving a fucking people's elbow to Godzilla. Oh, yeah, while, while stinging him, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, if Godzilla can pull off that atomic breath, I mean, that, again, that's a special move. That's a finisher. Yeah, it kills everyone. It, it's, it's a one-hit kill, essentially. Um, I'm going with my boy Zilly here, Godzilla. God, I was really hoping you guys would vote the same. <sighs> you know, I... I I want to go with you, Seth. I, again, I, I like Imhotep, but Jared reminded me of something with the atomic breath is like the hero shots of Godzilla are always so fucking awesome. Like whether it's him roaring in the first movie with Brian Cranston or him shooting the fucking breath 
later on and uh yeah i gotta go with i gotta go with godzilla because he just got those he's got those blockbuster trailer shots that um I don't know that Emotep doesn't have, but I don't think he's got a move that can compete with the Atomic Breath in terms of how cool it is. So I got to put Zillow through. I'm sorry to say. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser's better. Um, <laughs> all right. Next next matchup here. Uh, number five seed Frankenstein's Monster versus the underdog 13 seed Zombies. Well, not too dissimilar. Yeah, I think Frank is just a single less cool zombie. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. Um, it's like, do they have any effect on him aside from just overrunning him? They could tear yeah. him apart and just make him immobile. They'd have, then they could go get uh, Frankenstein, the doctor himself, tear him apart, and then Frankenstein never comes back. Mm, so you're saying could, never could kill the source. A... Yeah. Yeah, no more future, no sequels for, for Frank either. No, it'd be a bunch of zombie sequels, and they're just walking around looking for people to eat. It really is that swarming thing for me. It's going to take a while for me to get past that. I never thought I was a big fan of World War Z, but it's sticking. I'm going to vote for them over Frank here. Seth, did you already vote? I don't think I did. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, once we put that idea of the swarm in, it's it's that game Days Gone. It's that scene from World War Z. Like, y- you got to be running. Like, there's no going in. It, it's range attacks only. And I don't think mm-hmm. Frankenstein has got range attacks in his uh, repertoire. I mean, he can throw some stuff maybe, but... <laughs> I... You haven't seen uh, Frankenstein 3 where he has a fucking uh, crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> Send me some links. Um, yeah, I gotta go zombies. I agree. Zombies move. All right. This is this is a tight matchup. This is our closest in terms of seeds here. We have the number three seed Xenomorph versus the number six seed Nosferatu. Dracula. Ooh, it's a tough one. It is close, but I, I'm sticking with the Xenomorph here. Um, Xenomorph. Yeah, ba- same logic from earlier. I think it still applies. I'm I'm just sticking with with the alien here. <laughs> uh, I mean, doesn't he have regenerative powers? So like. If the Xenomorph even, like, puts a baby one in him or rips him apart or acid drips his, his body, he, he comes back, right? Is that how the lore of Dracula works? Like, how do you... I don't g- think it can be killed except with a wooden stake through yeah. the heart. Yeah. Would, and, and would a fucking... Would a baby Xenomorph through the heart kill him? It's I not made know. of wood. It's a good question. Well, I mean, like, in in Buffy, you know, the... the, the uh, the source code for all vampire stuff. Ah, yes. Um, they they were able to use other things besides wood, I believe. I think they also stabbed them in the heart with... Well, I think it was just the heart. They had to be stabbed in the heart. Oh, well, then it's Xenomorph. I mean, because I'm picturing the Xenomorph on top of him. He's holding it back. And then all of a sudden, he's like... Whoosh! The little one in the mouth just goes right through his chest. Boom. Dead. Thumbs Xenomorph. Over. Yep. Blah. You're going to see him? Yep. <laughs> okay. Moves on. Seth just likes going blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs> That's the only reason blah. you voted for him. <laughs> Was that your argument, too? You're like, well, he can say blah. Yeah. Blah. Um, final round in the Elite Eight, we have the number two seed King Kong versus The Thing, the number seven seed. I think again. Shit, man. 
I think we got to go with King Kong here. But what if 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 the thing got a hold of him? Mm-hmm. Then we would have Thing Kong, and I think Thing Kong would be impossible to stop. This is tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing that now. Thing Kong? Yeah. Just King Kong with another crazy-ass looking head coming out of one of his shoulders? Thing Kong. It'd be fucking awful. Yeah. God. I'm having a tough... I'm, I'm hoping you'll bail me out, Jared. What are you thinking? Oh, man. I mean, the thing... The sheer size of Kong... But I think it's a thing that, like, say Kong is sleeping and the thing just moseys on over and somehow gets inside of him. Then, then you know, it's Thing Kong. But the thing is, the thing needs a... The thing doesn't need, but it wants a host. So if the thing goes in Kong, is that just done and they they both win? Like, I don't think that that works. Um, oh, that would be the thing. Yeah, that would be the, the thing, thing then. There. So it would be Thing Kong. Um, shoot. I'm going to give it to the thing because I think that that Fuck thing you, is going to somehow catch him sleeping, catch him off guard when he's like bathing or you know trimming tree branches. Yeah, dudes, you know, doing some monkey business essentially. It's going to sneak mm-hmm. up behind him. God damn it, Jared! You're welcome. I can't believe you're going to make me be the guy. Yeah, you got I'm, to. You got to. I'm going to also vote for the thing, and I hate this. Oh um, man, because. Because King Kong is my fucking dude, but I think, like, the the potential stealth capabilities and the potential, like, the thing in a city would be so nuts. Yep. Um, and it's just a different type of combat, and I think he's cool. And I love King Kong, even even just before Kong and, and Godzilla. I'm big. I just can't think he's so goddamn cool. But in this case, I, th- I think I've... I think I gotta go with the thing. I hate doing it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the thing over Kong also. We gotta put the thing through. Wow. Wow. First matchup of the final four, we have the number one seed, Godzilla, versus the underdog still chugging along, 13 seed, Zombies. <laughs> Picture these motherfuckers going up against Godzilla. Oh, That'd be man. pretty fun to see. Just, cl- all climbing, <laughs> Just up climbing up him. And then they can go into his mouth and like, tear oh, shit no. apart in there. And then he could do the fire yeah. breath, too, though. Um, but they could like tear- eat his eyes and stuff. Uh-oh. You know what? Take him down. I'm going. I'm going with I... the zombies here. Jared, I. So the zombies again. Their main thing. What has gotten them this far is the horde mentality. And Godzilla is a little bit lumbering, a little bit slower. So yes, they are going to be on him. They are going to be. He's going to be just essentially wearing a zombie coating. But I, I don't think that they'll be able, be able to get through that tough skin of his and he'll just be able to like kind of roll around or whatnot or maybe go dip in the ocean, maybe somehow flame breath himself. Like, he can go up his butthole. And, I, and see, that's the problem. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, those They're things are going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, They're going to eat his intestines and then that's going to be a whole nasty thing. Tokyo is going to look the real gross. The bad thing is we never us. really said how many zombies did we. Well, that's the thing. When you look at these... There's got to be hundreds, 10, at least 000. hundreds of thousands of them in World uh, War Z, right? I'm, and you have to assume they're in a met- metropolitan area probably, yeah. right? Because Godzilla fucks up cities too. So yeah. if he's in New York, there's access to a lot of new zombies. Yeah, there's there's probably a million. Oh, fuck. I, I'm going to give it to Godzilla. 
because I think he can. I think he could manage enough for a city. If it's the whole U.S. or if it's you know a neighboring city, he's like, hey, we need your zombies. I don't think it's gonna work then. But I think one city he can do. I think the call. I'm. I'm gonna end up going with the zombies. Um, Damn. Mainly because. Mainly because. Um, I don't know if they could kill him, but I think it would be hilarious because he's got fucking little T-Rex arms. So if. Mm. If they get on him, he can't like pluck them off either. So he's gonna be like reaching for himself and not being able to get himself, get the zombies off him, which I just think is funny. And it removes the swag factor that Godzilla previously had. Um, so again, it's the swarm thing that keeps coming up. Um, but I'm gonna go with the, the World War Z guys here again. I know we're, we're just checking off Man, the fucking they, Titans. They here, are but, um, just tearing through the competition. The, Hell yeah. It's a heavy underdog. You keep saying the it's underdog. A, it's. it's yeah. All right. And then the next matchup, we have the number three seed Xenomorph versus the number seven seed The Thing. I'm going to go ahead and just cast my early vote here for Xenomorph because that's that between the two, that's the one I know. Okay. Jared, I'm going to make you pick because I'm going Thing here as well. Ah. I'm, 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 I'm really behind The Thing right now, especially after going through uh, King Kong. Oh, Washington. shoot. Okay, so basically what I'm thinking here is Xenomorph is The Thing, but with an actual, like, coating, like a color design. The Thing is just bananas, crazy, can take any form. I don't know if a Thing could get into a Xenomorph because it would burn because of its acid. But then again... That's what the whole thing is made of. It's all corroded and whatnot. Oh my gosh. I I'm gonna go with the xenomorph here. Strictly because of, strictly because of the acid blood. I think that that is the biggest go. thing. That if if the thing somehow rips off a part, it's going Cody's to burn jizzing. it so much. I'm so sad. I was really about to take the thing all the way. I, I, had, I wanted I to, had but I just ready for I, the next round. <laughs> you had what? You had an argument for the next round. Is that what you said? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, let's but, see if you uh, can adjust that argument here. Uh, the final round, the 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 underdog, the the Cinderella story, zombies, the thirteen seed versus the number three seed Xenomorph. I think I vote, Jared has I made vote first a. This, this okay, time, go ahead. Because I've had to make hard decisions a couple. We should make Seth make the final yeah, choice. Yeah, I think if so. Tie. Seth, you okay. got to vote last. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. God, the Xenomorph's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> See, that's the thing between the Xenomorph and the Thing. It would have been really tough. I mean, both of them stand on the same pedestal there. Yeah. Gosh. Um. I, I I knew what I was I, I had a pick but couldn't justify it and in my attempt to justify it I actually justified the other pick so I'm gonna go with the xenomorph um, because I'm gonna assume for a second that they can somehow get face huggers on like a Ooh. lot of these World War Z guys and I think it would be hilarious to see just like 10,000 World War Z guys to all start chest exploding at the same time so that <laughs> is what I'm voting for here and I'm going with the xenomorph <sighs> again the zombies have that horde mentality, 
But if you're going to do a, a long game, a drawn-out competition type thing where the Xenomorph is doing some face huggers, waiting for those to break out, bringing more in, and building up his ranks, then you got something there. Ugh. But if the zombies overrun the Xenomorph right away, he's done. I got to go with the zombies again. Yeah. I'm telling you, that horde mentality, those rabies-style just running down the streets craziness is, is going to bring it to the... It might get the championship here. All right, well, on, on the tiebreaker, um, Jared, I think... So you've made some good points on both sides here for this, but I think the point that's stronger here in terms of the final is you've mentioned with the Xenomorph multiple times is the blood is acid. Oh. And what do zombies have to do to kill, typically? They have to bite them, right? Oh. Um, oh. And so as soon as they go in to bite the Xenomorph... They get melted by the acid or die or whatever. But but what if um, what if that just you know t- can it can it survive a hundred thousand bites? Um, well, also aren't xenomorphs pretty like especially in like the head? Aren't they have like a pretty good armor on them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they kind of have an exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when so they're going to be hard to get. It's going to be hard to get through. But even once they do find a soft spot, they're getting all burnt up. And if they kill one, like if they get one down and start tearing it apart. You know how much acid that's going to give out everywhere? That's going to kill like a horde right there. So, I think I'm going with I think I'm going with Xenomorph mm. here. The Xenomorph is our fucking movie monster champ. Not what I thought. No, I thought I thought for sure it would be Zilla, Godzilla or Kong. That early early I thought that. Then it looked like the zombies were coming on strong. I was I was pulling for the thing in the mid rounds. Never really expected Xenomorph to go all the way. This is a surprise. Yeah. For me. Yeah, Boom. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be Godzilla or Kong, and I was like, okay, whatever. This isn't going to go anywhere. But, uh, wow. Surprising shocker wow. to people out there. Yeah. We do surprise people. Occasionally. we got to mix it up a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> let us know, guys, out there. Do you do you hate our bracket? Who would you have picked? Who would be your champion out of these 16 foul beasts? <clears throat> uh, let us know on Twitter or Facebook, at Pod. Uh, what your choices would have been. This was another fun one, man. I, I like I like being able to mix up the criteria because if you applied the same logic all the way through, I'm I'm sure we would have ended up differently. But uh, I, I like taking the liberty of changing the moving the scoreboard or moving the field goal posts uh, during each matchup. Um, so I do still think if Predator would have started moving on, uh, I, I think I think I could have taken Predator all the way. But uh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. I have an idea for next week already, knowing the theme. I have an idea for uh, for look out for another bracket next week. All right, there you go. Well, we got uh, the Xenomorph bringing home the gold this week. Come on back next week for another edition of the Tournament of Trivial Topics. A tournament of trivial topics. <laughs> Fight! Wow. Fight indeed. All right. Well, that's what we think of some movie monsters, uh, but let's turn and talk about what we think of some headlines coming out lately. What do you think? All right, you crazy cats. So, um, wanted to talk, again, this relates back to what we just did. Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, this was the big release last weekend. Uh, simultaneous release on HBO Max and in the theaters. Um, and 
it did pretty well. Um, I think the big news, um, hold on, let me get the actual, um, so, so far worldwide, uh, 285 million bucks is the worldwide. Um, so that nice. was uh, 48.5 million in the US. Oh, the first five days was 48.5 million. 32.2 million of that was specifically over the three day Easter weekend. It's the best opening we've had of a film since the pandemic started. Um, it's made back more than its budget, which was 200 million. And so by all means, Godzilla vs. Kong is already a success and a, a really big success. I think it's surprising a lot of people, a lot of articles out there um, that this blew away expectations, not only because of the pandemic, right? Not every theater is even open right now, but because of that simultaneous release on HBO Max, I think the question has been, will people still make the choice to go to the theater um, or will they stay at home? And I think this is an example of one where you know, if this were a sit down and talk or a pretty dress movie, then maybe more people would want to stay at home. But this is big, loud, crazy fun. So I think it did maybe lean itself more toward let's go to the theater and see this fucking spectacle. Um, I, I think what I want to know from you guys is, are you surprised this performed well? And what are you taking away from this in terms of where movies go from here? Are you seeing this as a um, we're back or as a positive step in the right direction, but let's stay patient. What do you think, Jared? Um, I think, I think this might be a weird outlier. I mean, it was a great movie to bring people back into the movie theaters um, because you want to see this on the big screen. This is a spectacle. This is the best way to see it on the big screen, essentially. Um, I think all these analysts and whatnot are blown away by these numbers, especially I was reading an article that they uh, just this this weekend and I think a Black Widow moving a couple months, like it uh, it tripled its projected numbers because of what happened this weekend. So hmm. I, again, not every movie is going to make what they should make, you know, what, two, three years ago. But I think that this mm -hmm. is turning point of being like hey all these movies that are kind of waiting on deck waiting on the bench it's okay to go to the movie theaters yeah i i, I mean i remember i talked last week or two weeks or whenever the hell it was about uh you know this exclusive deal with warner brothers and regal uh, it was warner brothers right yeah it was um and I, I was I I said then that I, I think it's I think the if that sticks kind of depends on what the box office looks like and you know how how theaters rebound now if I if I'm how many of the Regal movie theaters opened in time for this or isn't there I think still it was a, really just the biggest maybe New York and L A I think a mm -hmm. lot of theaters waited until are 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 waiting until like Mortal Kombat. Um, my yeah. theater didn't open, so I, I think it's just the really big cities that opened up. So the majority of this then is, you know, your big chains, AMC, and then mm -hmm. other, you know, obviously like small theaters and stuff. Um, I, I still think that that decision will probably get rethought in terms of the exclusivity part. I think, like you said, Jared, a lot of lot of studios now are, especially the big movie, you know, Disney's Disney's going to have no, especially if they're coming out in a couple months still, like yeah. three months or whatever. They're going to start reducing the capacity. Because that's the other thing with this. Most theaters have like a 50% or less capacity limit. Mm -hmm. um, like I know that my theater had is 50% seating and a lot of them were sold out or pretty much sold out. 
So yeah, a lot of people went to this thing, but I th- I think now that's the numbers you're seeing with fifty percent. I think people are going to go back to the movies like they have been, um, like in the past. Uh, do I think it's going to be quite as high of box office numbers? No, because eventually you're going to see um, these numbers start to cap off because let's say ten percent of the population is like, okay, I'm still nervous, or I'll never go back to the theater, or whatever. There's there's going to be some people who just don't go back, but. So will it be as high as Avengers Endgame with, you know, 200 billion, whatever it was? Um, no, but I think that uh, theaters will rebound very quickly, um, especially in the coming summer months. I could see a lot of movies moving up potentially, like, you know, getting closer to July. Maybe they were coming out in October. Maybe they come out in July mm-hmm. instead. Uh, or Labor Day weekend will be a huge one. I think those will be some crazy numbers. Memorial Day weekend might even... Um, see some crazy stuff in terms of box office so um yeah i think that theaters maybe aren't all the way back yet but they're definitely showing signs of of some pretty severe life <laughs> after no one was going you know for the last year i think people are kind of starved to go back mm-hmm. yeah i'm I'm wondering that's the thing i'm wondering is how much of it is just starvation and people were, were wanting to see anything um but i think you know, the size and scale of the movie, the desire to have it be loud. Um, one thing I would point out, um, this was apparently the biggest, uh, the first four days were the most, this was the most watched um, title since the launch of HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it performed really well on the streaming service in addition to being in the theaters. And what that tells me is, I think there is there is a factor of, I just want to see a fucking blockbuster, give me anything right now. Um mm-hmm. But also, I think the the thing that this reminds me of is people really like seeing movies. So um, if they want to see, if it's a movie they want to see, people will find a way to it. You know, either they'll see it on HBO or they'll go to the theater, but they're going to watch it, right? I think the, the only way this was truly going to be a failure is if neither one of them was strong. And I think it's a surprise that both were very strong. I don't know. I think to your point, Seth. I think I think we're gonna see people moving up. I think I think the Disney stuff uh, will be will have strong showings later this year. Um, even if they do call, charge you thirty dollars to watch it at home, we've seen people are paying that. So people are hungry for movies. They want to see them. There's properties coming out that they know of and and want to watch. And so I think that's gonna end up being a really strong summer, if not a normal summer, right? Which which I don't think we can possibly expect. Um, a stronger one than we might have guessed. And uh, I think if, if it ends up being that Godzilla versus Kong was the precursor to that, I think it's a funny story because um, I don't think anybody really expected much out of this movie other than noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a cool, I think it's cool. And it gives me optimism. And it makes me incredibly excited to get back to my theater, which opens in two weeks. And I'm hoping <laughs> they're still showing this. Um, because I'm, I'm just going to absolutely have a screaming good time if I can get to the, the size and the sound on this one. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. So good good on you, Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, Cody, uh, with you saying that, you know, a bunch of, or HBO reported that it was like the most people that had watched on their app. Apparently it was uh, an estimated 3.6 million households uh, had watched this in the opening weekend. Mind you, they count that on... You only have to watch five minutes, so you know who knows how many people actually finished the movie. But oh, how many people went there and watched the like fast forward until they saw oh, the fight? Oh yeah, and and that's what I'm wondering yeah. is you know people probably if you're watching at home and you only want to watch the spectacle, you're probably 
fast forwarding some bits if oh, it's yeah. slow and whatnot. But also another thing was they had estimated I think there was ten thousand plus private reserved screenings or movie theaters that people had gone out and reserved just for that movie so i think that's where a lot of the money came from too where maybe people aren't too comfortable with going and sitting next to a stranger even though there are buffers there are that 50 percent capacity but they are bringing family friends uh other people in for these private screenings which again is is something that i'm wondering movie theaters might keep because i've seen a lot of uh a lot of positivity coming from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think if they were to keep that, it would be like a not peak hours thing, or they would charge based off when you yeah, do it. Yeah, because once theaters get back to normal or more normal-ish, um, the math just wouldn't make sense to do it for a hundred or hundred twenty bucks like they're doing it now. You'd have to do it for like two fifty or more um, for that time. And you've always really been able to do this, but it's just been pretty expensive in the past. Um, and I think you've had to go off peak, right? Because they pack it with with shows, which maybe mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about that, if if you have a twenty seat megaplex or whatever, and one of your movies is like a month old and it's a Gerard Butler movie no one saw even when it was new, maybe it is more lucrative to sell that whole theater for one hundred fifty bucks rather than, you know, three tickets mm-hmm. that you're going to sell. How many shows do we mm-hmm. go to where we're the only ones in it? Maybe mm-hmm. it does end up, maybe they do roll this out more because it's, you can at least sell the whole theater if you go that route. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I'm curious. I think this weekend is going to be an interesting to see what the numbers are. Was it, mm-hmm. is, is it going to be a thing where movies, uh, the first weekend is the boom, and then the second weekend is kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, everyone just wanted to see it that weekend. I don't know. I, that, that's a very real possibility. I think the other one is, I really want to see this movie, but I didn't want to be a part of the crowds. Mm-hmm. And so maybe now that I think there is going to be less people there, maybe now I want to go. So maybe it will have another strong... You raise a good point. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens for the second week. Um, and I'd, we're going to talk in a little bit about how the movie actually is. I think that will matter, <laughs> right? If it sucks, maybe people won't go. Um, but uh, in any case, this is really interesting and we haven't had much interesting to talk about in the world of movie theaters in a while so maybe we're just starved for this too um but i think it's really cool and i'm glad to see that it made money because i want i want there to keep being big movies like if this came out and flopped i think you'd see you'd people would still be pushing movies back you know the these big blockbusters might have smaller budgets in the future and i didn't want to see any of that and so this at least tells the studios you can still make big ass movies and get your money back and and if that's the only lesson that comes out of this, I'm a happy man because I want to see more shit mm-hmm. like this. We'll have to keep an eye on this for sure. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. We're going to review this in just a little bit, so stick around to hear how the movie actually is. Um, but uh, let us know on, on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod what you, what you think of this news. Are you stoked? Do you feel like movies are back? Um, did you go to the theater this last weekend, and how was your experience? If so, um, we want to hear it on all the social medias, so let us know what you think. Um, now we got to know, Seth, Seth wants to know what we think of something, but you wouldn't tell me what it was before. So I'll just toss it over to you here. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this today. Um, so New York times shared an article, um, that the headline said, Ooh, my voice cracked. Congrats. Um, headline, <laughs> the headline, I'm nervous about this article. Actually, it's scary. So, it, um, or it's exciting depending on what side you're on here. The, the headline says, uh, finding from particle research could break known laws of physics. 
I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, hmm. It says, breaking news, uh, evidence is mounting that a tiny subatomic particle is being influenced by forms of matter and energy that are not yet known to science, uh, but which may nevertheless affect the nature and evolution of the universe. What do so you think of new that? stuff? New energy that... Um, X-gene, baby. That we don't understand. <laughs> gene <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was thinking it's like what like what i was thinking a couple things like what if they try and harness this and yeah what if it does like the energy fucking explodes and like mutates people hell yeah man i think um, the sim or go ahead i was gonna say the other my other thought is what if this is the energy that like proves their spirits and like oh, ghosts and stuff we can see the fourth sure. dimension yeah we can be like fucking Bruce Willis. See some dead people. Spoilers. Um, um, but yeah, I that, those are my two theory. Like, what if, what if, like that proves spirit energy, and we find out? Oh yeah, fucking ghosts are real. Um, I think there's a lot of crazy things with this potentially, but it's it's pretty, it's pretty um, vague for what they're saying about it. But it's the, the um, a part of the article says, and it's not a super long article, um, that it's a finding that would open a vast and tan- tantalizing um, hole Ooh. in our understanding of the universe. Uh, suggests that there are forms of matter and energy vital to nature and evolution of the cosmos that are not net yet, not yet known to science. So this is like space energy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Right there, you you summed it up. Space energy sounds fucking cool. Fantastic Four, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. So okay, let me. What? I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. So they found random particles. They don't know what it does. They say it's energy, and we're they're trying to figure out how they can harness it. Correct? Yeah, they're just still trying to figure it out. Hmm. Um, How'd they find it? They were just doing some some sort of particle research. Um, is all I've been able to gather. I think. What it's would like, you guys want it to be? I think this. If it's if it can explain like spirituality, that would be interesting. I think because. On, on a on a couple of things, right? Because on the one that would debunk most religion, um, <laughs> you know, and so we'd have to have that conversation. But also, it would debunk most of atheism, also. So, like, we would all need to meet in this new middle, which I think would be fascinating. Um, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, and this happens to me a lot. I I'm prone to existential crisis, and and whenever I hear that, like our perception of the natural world might be wrong. And like, whether it's dark energy and dark matter or this type of thing where it's like, oh yeah, we're looking at a curtain and there's a lot of shit behind that curtain. It really freaks yeah. me out. And yeah. so that's, that's my real response to this is that it scares me really to know that there's so much that we just don't see that's happening around us all the fucking time. And um, I, you know, I, I'm not really worried about it blowing up the planet or anything like that, but that understanding that the the universe isn't the way we perceive it is something that consistently sends me spinning because I'm like, well, why should I go to fucking work on Monday if <laughs> if we don't even know what all the energy is? Mm-hmm. Like, why? How how are you able to justify that anything matters if we just fucking don't know most stuff? Um, so that's where I go, and I, I get I I start spinning out quick about it. So I'll fucking stop there. But um, it's fascinating. I love. I mean, anytime science is learning new shit, I'm for it. 
Yeah, it's so crazy that, like, stuff that we learned when we were in, like, elementary school, it, they've either backtracked on it, completely changed it, or added, like, the states of matter. I always thought it was three. Now it's, you know, essentially four, potentially five, because, you know, plasma. And now with what this new this, this new energy, it could be a state of matter. Who really knows? Um, with you guys talking about the, the essentially, like, spirit world, the fourth dimension or whatever, that's extremely intriguing. And I think that that would, again completely break down all of these things we have thought in our mind or made up um i don't know i i it, oof, it would i'm go ahead i say i'm reading more um mm-hmm. just to add here uh it and the it's a longer article than i thought because i just kind of stopped at a picture <laughs> um because it, it kind of looked like the end of an article but you keep scrolling down and there's more and they talk about how it was all found um and the scientists and things, but they end the article saying, um, we will learn a great deal more about fundamental, fundamental physics going forward. So I guess we'll learn more meaning behind physics through this discovery. Uh, why things happen the way they do with physics. Um, so I, weird. I, like Cody said, it's a fucking potentially a veil getting pulled open and we get to see <laughs> maybe things we don't want to see or like kind of like things that we just can't comprehend. It could be fucking mm-hmm. weird. I think it it could be a thing that once they figure it out, I mean, they're not going to let the public know for a while because of <laughs> potential, the shocking ramifications of it. But also, I mean, my sci-fi brain is like, oh, things you watched in movies are potentially going to be possible where like say it is this new form or whatever of energy that they're able to use in some format or harness like – Things that we never thought maybe were potential or possible could eventually happen. Like, I mean, this is crazy, outlandish, pie in the sky, sci-fi thinking, but like hover cars or personal mm-hmm. flight machines yeah. or teleportation. Tele- honestly, if it's teleportation, sign me up. Work out yep. the kinks a little bit. Sign me up. I don't know. They I'm would charge to, so much. Forget for the it. kinks. I want to turn into a fly. Throw throw me in the fucking pod <laughs> with the fly. I'm going to be Jeff Goldblooming it before long. I think teleportation, <laughs> whenever they talk about like subspace, I, I, I get, I go to subspace when I hear about things that are infinitely small and, um, teleportation, I think is something you can eventually get to. And the other thing, and I think the, the practical application of this, we're the most likely to see in our lifetime is using that to transmit, uh, information. So instead of the internet having an infrastructure like we know it, you could send all that information in some sort of subspace way, and we would never need to worry about buffering. You could get everything everywhere all the time. You could communicate instantly to anyone. Um, so that stuff is interesting, and I think the most likely thing that we might see before we die um, would be just instantaneous communication with anybody on the planet. Um, that shit is pretty exciting, too, because then, you know, Mediacom would go away and fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my, yeah, that's the uh, teleportation my big, uh, crusade is anti those guys. Teleportation, I think, would be so. That would be awesome. so cool, but also you can't have excuses for not doing things or being late anymore mm-hmm. because you can just teleport. <laughs> yep. I yep. also think though too, like because yeah, you would you wouldn't need cars or you know planes anything anything like that anymore. So that would be good for like the environment, um, but just like with a car and a yeah. plane they can malfunction what if you like teleport and you like your your like top half ends up where you need to be but your bottom half ends up in like egypt or something oh man and you just like die right there like that would that would be my fear of it's like one of those things that happens like one in every like 
four million teleports. Oh, or but something. it could happen. Or, right. Well, and but also, uh, I mean, this is just the stupid consumer brain of me. Like you're saying, it if that becomes a thing, cars, planes, all that stuff goes away. How do people make mm-hmm. money? Oh, they're going to ch- like you would have essentially a bus pass, probably teleport yeah, station. Yeah, like you do do do, and it's oh, like, oh, yeah. you're going this far. This is how much it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot about capitalism. They would definitely come <laughs> it's in and so ruin shitty, all that right? shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would it be scarier? Would it be scarier to only have half of yourself teleported and, and die that way? Or would it be scarier for half of another person to just pop up out of nowhere and they're just screaming and bleeding all over and you didn't know they were about to do that? <laughs> if just half a guy just popped into your you're fucking like, living room. You're at like the food court oh, eating like no. a fucking burger, like a Whopper, and all of a sudden like in the seat across from you, some guy's just like... <gasps> <laughs> like half a body there, or or just like legs, pop, oh. like land next to you. <laughs> they just fall on the table next to you. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, people would just get used to that, and they'd be like, or, "Oh, poor guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> or what if, like, instead of like half, it's like your your or your your outside like skin oh, and no. scrub, but your oh, organs no. and shit just end up somewhere else. <laughs> so then it's just like organs falling from the sky. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh no! That would have made um, War of the Worlds would have been more interesting if that's how they killed. Instead of just zapping them and leaving their clothes, if they zapped them and left all their organs, <laughs> that would make that scene so much more horrifying. If he's running down the street and all of a sudden there's just guts everywhere. Oh man! I think it's oh, exciting because again, you know, from when we were children to now, there's been so many technological advancements that who knows what the next 20 years is going to bring yeah i mean you think back 100 years there was barely electricity there weren't cell phones at all and those just fucking popped up in our grandparents lifetimes so it could be uh we could be doing all sorts of crazy shit it would make podcasting a lot easier if we didn't have to fucking if we didn't have to do it over the air and we could just teleport to wherever our studio was (laughs) i don't know man teleport in at the we teleport in at the same time, and then like we accidentally like fuse, swap body parts, yeah, <laughs> or fuse. Ah, Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, I thought like we book a show, and they're like, "Hey, we're here," and it's like, "Well, I thought there was three of you." Oh yeah, we're all here, and then we turn around. There's like two of us out of Cody's back, be like, "Kill me!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ooh, that's Cody and I, I accidentally I swap hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you would look awesome with an afro. That would be fucking amazing. I would pay anything to see that. I get you an afro wig. Just see how that would look. Oh, hey, I, I don't want to think man, about sharing a body do, with you guys. If, if you if you do get my hair, uh, um, it, you're gonna save a lot of money on haircuts. So it's, it's true. I mean, it's it's a benefit. Yeah, that's true. And it feels it pretty physi- cool in the summer. You know, you get a nice breeze going. It's that's perfect. true. I would be cool for the summer, and that is my favorite Demi Lovato song. So that's <laughs> sounding more attractive the more you talk about it. You're swaying me. Boom. You're swaying me. I like this. A little bit of sci-fi news, a uh, little bit of speculation. So the two things we're speculating is are, or the two things we're speculating about are, uh, <laughs> is Godzilla a big deal, and will we be able to teleport soon? I I love this show. I really do. Um, <laughs> 
So that is, uh, you know, that's what we're thinking about this week. Let us know what you guys think of Godzilla and Kong and also uh, this potential new scientific discovery and exploring the, the unexplored. And, and uh, if, if this means something sci- sci-fi, what would you like it to be? Teleportation, instant communication, what would you like to see out there? Maybe something we haven't thought up yet. Um, again, let us know at Soko Show Pod on Twitter and Facebook. But for now, that's going to wrap us up for What Do You Think? What do you think? Alrighty, well, let's get to a couple of movie reviews here. This is what we watched. What? 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 We're going to start with a couple of documentaries. And, um, Seth, why don't we kick it off with yours? Um, well, actually, I know both you guys watched this, Jared. I think you, you binged this one. Binge. Um, but, Seth, you were giving big, big recommends to this one over this last week, uh, coming out of, I believe, HBO Max. Yes, sir. Um... Something I followed very closely, something I was very involved in, uh, QAnon. Um, <laughs> I, I was a founding member. No, um, yeah, I was actually at the Capitol earlier this year. <laughs> um, but no, this is a documentary about QAnon called Q Into the Storm. And it follows pretty much the beginning of Q. Figures They, they, they go over the beginnings of it and... Um, how it all started and where it started and the people who kind of started the platform it was on called 8chan. Spends a lot of time with them and diving into um, what the reasons for the board were and, and transfers of ownership through the board and then how Q got involved with it and they essentially the whole documentary followed the 8chan owners um, and then throughout the, the whole documentary they interview people who are supporters of QAnon and people who people called QTubers um not YouTubers like Jared QTubers who are crazy no no I'm a QTuber (laughs) I thought you said Um, (laughs) QPuber QPuber yeah it's when you shave a Q into your pubes um oh in that case I'm definitely uh, a (laughs) QPuber and then basically like I said it it starts um it kind of shows the beginnings of of Q, and then it essentially ends um, with the final episode, uh, like Jared had mentioned, with the the insurrection, the crazy shit that happened in in January, um, and and has a logical conclusion with that. But uh, it's it's a six episode documentary, about an hour piece, and it's it's extremely engaging. Um, I think the filmmaker involved with this did an awesome job. Um, you could tell he cared a lot about this. Um, he cared a lot about certain people with this as well. Um, and so he, you know, he, he seemed like he put everything into it and it turned out really well. Um, I, I think by the end of this, you care about certain characters quite a bit. Um, they, they, they do a good job of, um, showing how a lot of this Q stuff affects certain people very personally and um you also get to see some nasty side of people too which is uh, pretty disgusting to see um there are some pretty like rough moments in terms of things like um, mass shootings and stuff like that so there's definitely a lot of trigger stuff going on here um obviously with the QAnon people they are fucking crazy um, and so there's a lot of really weird, gross, fucked up shit that they talk about. They do a good job of kind of limiting some of the 
some of that stuff um, in terms of what they show, but they definitely you, you hear some people say some pretty fucked up stuff. Um, but it, it's it's a very very engaging watch, um, and I think like I mentioned with the end, the last episode being with the the crazy thing in January, um, it kind of puts a new perspective on that without saying too much. Um, you get to see it through some different eyes and it, some, some eye opening stuff really um, just overall with, with this whole thing, but a lot of twists and turns. There's a, there's an episode with a, like a, a race against the clock almost. Um, it's, there's a lot, it's, it, it's really well done overall. It's just super well done. Um, I check this out. If I mean, if you, again, if, if, if you're triggered by Trump and all that stuff, then obviously don't watch it. It's a whole thing about that. But uh, if you want to know more about that and kind of get a new perspective on the the insurrection in January, like it's it you you got to check it out. It's it's engaging as hell. Yeah, pretty much, uh, Seth. You pretty much summed it up. I mean, I'm just gonna give some personal <laughs> thoughts of kind of how I I felt during it and whatnot. But I I think the the filmmaker was the thing that he was committed to this and it's not mm-hmm. like he was he was nice to these people all the time and really getting into almost the slice of life of who these characters were what they're dealing with what kind of maybe shady doings do they have going on and and you know how that progresses you know Seth saying that an episode is essentially a race against the clock and you feel that urgency for this and it's you know maybe some documentaries they have to structure things to really ramp up the dramatic tension the dramatic tension was almost authentically put in there with those slice of life kind of characters and what these characters are doing uh to one another with one another so you know there's the there's that kind of dramatic and you know almost uh, feel of oh who should i be rooting for here um (laughs) but also you see You know, everyone is aware of, one, I think this is extremely almost educational in this roundabout way of seeing how you can fall down a rabbit hole of misinformation and really take things, like read things, double check, just don't trust everything you see. I think that that's kind of what I took from this because, I mean, this this QAnon thing they were saying it, it was millions of people. It's not a small group. It was millions of people. Again, you know, different levels of, you know, oh, okay, yeah, I, I've heard of the group to, like, I'm going to storm the Capitol. But also I thought it was so fascinating to see these infamous people, these pictures of the people that stormed the Capitol. But you see them months before, years before, <laughs> and it's the same goddamn people. And what, like, Seth, I, I, I gotta spoil one little thing, and it's not even a spoil, but the one dude with the fur hat and the tattoos, yeah. you see that guy, like, a months. year or, or, or months yeah. before, and it's the same dude, and you're like, oh, I know where he's going to end up in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yep. that was just a crazy thing to see, but also, you know, they... I would say towards one of the later episodes, they do divert a little bit into kind of explaining more of online culture and the dark web and these puzzles and stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I thought it was, again, kind of like this educational look. It is a little bit triggering, but also the the 
this is going to happen more and more probably not just this group but you can see a group come out of essentially nowhere and in a couple years fuel the flames to get these people to do kind of what you want or what this collective group wants um and it's such a again watch this i cannot recommend this enough because you can see (laughs) how not only things fall in and kind of fall into like the piece that of the puzzle is missing and it falls into place but like trump and this QAnon just kind of not really shaking hands and meeting and being like let's do this together but accidentally merging in a roundabout it it is again fascinating how all of this panned out and i think again the filmmaker being able to get all of the footage and really piece this out and structure it in such a a great way um and again you know seth had mentioned so many kind of trigger things there there are very graphic uh, material from shootings to other things that you see on these image boards online essentially i think well i'm obviously i'm gonna need to watch this and i've got some traveling (laughs) to do so I'll, i'll probably make this a um a travel show that I'll watch because um, I wasn't able to catch up with you guys, but you've compelled me to check this out. Um, I'm actually pretty stoked to uh, to learn more about what's going on and, and see some of this crazy shit that you guys are alluding to because I think a lot of people see this Q thing as like a monolith and so crazy and out there. And so if they're demystifying it and, and you know, really describing what it really is, uh, I think that that's a learning opportunity for me because all I know is it's a bunch of idiots online. I've never really given it more thought than that. But um, it'll be interesting to dive into this. And uh, if you guys out there are like me and want to check this out, it's on HBO Max. And so you can go check it out. Six episodes, about an hour apiece. And it's getting big thumbs up from both Jared and Seth. Um, another strong recommend. You guys, Seth, Seth especially, you, you you dig up a documentary every now and then that is a banger. And so uh, <laughs> I trust your judgment on these. So I'll definitely be watching this probably this weekend. I will, uh, I will also pass you back a documentary recommendation. This is something I watched on Hulu last weekend. It's called WeWork or The Making and Breaking of a $47 billion Unicorn. Um, so a unicorn is a, a business, like a startup business that, that ends up being worth a billion dollars. That's in the investment world. You're looking for the unicorn, the Facebook or whatever. And, um, basically this, just like it says, this is the story of how they, how we work, which is a company that most basically was for co-working space. They were one of the original, um, companies that got into that industry. Now it's, it's pretty popular and probably is going to stay popular post COVID. Um, but those co-working spaces, um, one of the big early players was WeWork and they built up a company from zero to $47 billion and then pretty much all the way back down. And so this is the story of how that happens. Talks about the culture of WeWork, which is really interesting. They're one of these companies that really sought out to kind of change the world. And in a lot of ways, it looked like they might, and it ended up being some really stupid shit that ended up, uh, you know, uh, cost causing them to turn the other direction. I really don't want to give too much away. This is a feature. Um, so instead of a series, I think it's like 90 minutes and it's on Hulu. So it's easy to get a hold of. It's an easy watch. It's entertaining. Um, and you learn a lot, not only about specifically we work, but about, uh, you know, these, these speculative investments, uh, and the companies that do that, some of the big players, uh, that have a lot of money and, um, 
just in general how you can basically fuck around with money um, if you have enough of it. And that's that's a lot of what was going on here. And so it's fascinating look at just the, the culture of this company that tried to be this next big world-changing, culture-changing thing. Um, the, the CEO who was kind of at the helm, what happened with all the money. There's a lot of aspects of this that are really interesting. And it's incredibly recent. Um, some of the some of the fallout of this stuff is still kind of going on, so it's really really interesting, really uh, topical, and uh, I would give it a, another high recommend. I think it lacks probably the sexy intrigue of the Q documentary, um, but if you're like a finance nerd, especially or a business nerd, uh, it's a must watch. And and like I said, it's on Hulu. It's easy to get. Uh, it's short. So this is uh, We Work or the making of. Uh, sorry, the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. So I'll give it a thumbs up. I hope some other folks go and check this out because I want to talk about it with someone. Um, but uh, I'll give it the thumbs up and recommend this for folks who are on Hulu uh, looking for some docs to watch. So now that we've talked about all these finance geeks and these internet geeks, I suppose we better get to the, the meat and potatoes here. Um, we got to talk about the big blockbuster from the weekend uh, or city buster, I guess might be a, a better way of putting it. Um, Godzilla versus Kong. Now, Jared, I know you saw this at home and Seth saw this at the theater. So that's one thing I'm interested to see is how, how that aspect, um, either improved or, or, uh, detracted from, from Godzilla versus Kong. But, uh, this is one I'm excited to go see in a couple weeks, regardless of what you fucking say. I just want the noise. <laughs> um, but let the folks know at home, uh, what they can look forward to with Godzilla versus Kong. And maybe even as a part of this, would you recommend staying at home or watching it or getting out to the theater? Godzilla versus Kong. One giant lizard punches a giant monkey in the face. That's it. That's the review. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it you 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 basically know what you're getting with this movie, a giant monster brawl and whatnot, but I think with this monster verse the one thing I've liked is them really nailing the visuals because I don't know if you've seen any of the trailers out there but like one of the battles happens in Tokyo and they really ramp up the vibrance and the neon lights and really illuminate these giant creatures unlike the last movie where they kind of hid them in shadows and darkness and whatnot um you're seeing these in these monsters duke it out in the daylight in in these lighted up cities and stuff so not only is the action awesome but the visuals are pretty darn good again i'm curious what seth is going to say because he saw it actually on a big ass screen i watched on a tv which i will say um if you have the opportunity go and watch this probably in the movie theater because the the tv screen and i watched it twice actually i watched my screener the uh quality was pretty shit and then i watched it on hbo and i think that they have hdr and 4k um support i believe i don't know it looked mm-hmm. a lot better the second time and i yeah. enjoyed it more but um I, I feel like there was quite a bit missing um i'm gonna pass the baton now to uh seth the baton the baton, the baton? yeah you got the second leg of this uh relay all right yeah i mean um I think, to your point, uh, this movie does play a lot better on uh, a, a big screen. Um, I had a great time with it. Um, sound was awesome, too. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it, too, is it's getting that Dolby Atmos sound and getting the chairs rocking. Um, and it's not for me making movement, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it was kind of fun, though, to, like... Uh, 
watch this with with um, you know more people in the, in the crowd. Um, I think that uh, again that atmosphere that you know with big blockbusters we've missed that over the last year or so. So I, I think that was kind of fun. In terms of the movie itself, uh, the first forty five minutes is pretty much all uh, exposition and, and pretty slow. Um, I've I enjoy the characters that they've kind that they've they've thrown into the mix here uh, from the Godzilla movie uh, movies. Um, so I, I think the I care enough about those characters, but honestly, we were all there just to watch mm-hmm. the the fights. And once they get going and everything like that, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, the the CGI is fantastic, sounds great, and uh, when they do fight, it's uh, it's some it's fun to watch. So. Definitely, it's it's a good return to the movie, movies movie. I uh, I guess it'll be one when you get to go. Um, you know, if, if if you're choosing movies to go to first, I would pick that first because it's just kind of a good, good appetizer. Um, and then who knows how Mortal Kombat? Uh, will oh hell be yeah! For but uh, you you know I, I think Godzilla and Kong at least it's it's just a solid first like big dumb blockbuster uh, to get back to the theater too. And uh, it, I would watch more. You know, if they did more Godzilla Kong movies, maybe you know that type of thing. I I, I would watch more. So yeah, I think that nice. that's what uh, one of the filmmakers had said was, uh, depending on how people receive this one, how many watches, how much money it makes, then they might move forward with more. But I think um, they oh, they're definitely moving forward with more. If oh yeah, the pande- If the pandemic made this much money, what are they going to do in two three years when they um, come out with? The exactly. Next I, there's full I theaters think you, you and all that You cross it stuff. over with uh, Pacific Rim, man. You get Pacific giant, oh, shit. giant robots fighting, then boom, billion dollars right there. But yeah, I agree. That's uh, actually the, the humans were not the that's best. That's so obvious. It's like duh. Yeah, mm-hmm. get the humans and some giant fucking robots. Exactly. Let's, go. Let's get in the then, fight, man. Then you might care a little bit more about them. Yeah, I've I when I saw Godzilla King of Monsters, that was one of the big problems I had. Is like they keep showing me people, and I don't fucking care about the people. Give me big <laughs> monsters. <laughs> oh, oh, man. oh, one one final thing. Um, when you are watching it again, you are there for a beat 'em up monster movie. Throw all logic out the window. That's you just gotta <laughs> you take it out of your pocket and leave it in your car because you don't need it for this movie. Yeah, I'm good with that. Every now and then, you gotta. Flip the uh, flip the old off switch and just uh, just enjoy. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this is the way this occurred in my head. Sometimes you just gotta watch big hunks of meat smack into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't. You know, we don't even need to necessarily care why. I, I, maybe they talk about it in the trailers. I have no idea why they're fighting, um, but I, I really don't care. I just want to see them beat each other up. So I will definitely be checking this out in the theaters on your recommendation gonna try to make it the first thing that i go see so i can totally cream my jeans um because of the sound and uh he's a jean creamer <laughs> jean creamer sometimes man sometimes uh godzilla versus I'll, i will have you know go by the way just random tangent i'll have you know that during my review of kong uh godzilla versus kong um, I had to quick, quickly place an order on Gold Belly because they were running out. They had half off of New York style pizzas, Ooh. Uh, so I had to. Uh, while I was reviewing that movie, I also placed an order for a couple uh, New York style pizzas to come to me. Wow, that's fucking skill right there. 
you, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to tell. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people can podcast and order delicious pizza from Goldbelly <laughs> at the same time. But you I'm, fucking did it, man. I'm at once it. I'll probably have at least one this weekend. Probably just one, but I'll have once those come next week. Um, I'll have four frozen pizzas uh, that are from restaurants in my freezer. Nice. Well, if you're looking for a fallout shelter, if Godzilla shows up in your town, just go over to Seth's. He's got enough pizza to feed a small army. So. <laughs> oh, man. Shouts out to Goldbelly. They're not a sponsor of ours, but uh, I know Seth is a big fan. Um, I'm getting pretty close to $20 off with my next order with all my rewards points. Oh, shit. All right. Well, gold belly aside, we got uh, Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong in the theaters. Go check that one out when you get a chance. Um, but if you're into some documentaries that you can stream, we've got WeWork on Hulu and Q Into the Storm on HBO Max. So check out all of those. Everything getting a recommend. And so that's what we watched. What? 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 All right, folks. Well, uh, you know, we are just about done with episode 190. But before we go, got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Uh, I think it came up earlier in this episode, but I just wanted to briefly uh, talk about Invincible, which is the um, animated uh, Robert Kirkman. Um, well, it was a graphic novel by Kirkman that's now been turned into a show. Um, Kirkman, by the way, was the original creator of the Walking Dead comic. And so this is kind of his next big project. So Amazon Prime has this series. It's animated um, a lot like the old um, like the old Batman animated series or, or some of the old stuff from that period. Um, it doesn't look old. It's just that, you know, pretty basic 2D animation. Um, and it stars this character. I think his name is Mark. And he's voiced by Stephen Young mm -hmm. um, from The Walking Dead. And he is the son, basically, of Superman. Um, the Omni-Man. Omni-Man is the character. And Mark is his son. And Mark is oh, starting hi, Mark. to age into... <laughs> Mark is starting to age into his powers. While at the same time, there is a... It, this is a world full of superheroes. And there's a lot of mysterious shit going on in the world of superheroes. Um, and, and they're, they released the first three episodes on Amazon prime a few weeks back. Um, episode four has since released and they're releasing every Friday with new episodes. So I jumped on this right away. I think Seth has caught up to this. Jared, I think you've seen mm -hmm. some, but maybe not all. No, um, I am. I am going to follow you guys as leads because it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. High recommend. Um, what I will say about it without getting too into the detail one, it's a really interesting, just a nice twist. There's a lot of familiarity here if you're already a superhero or a comic book fan, but with enough change that it feels interesting. Um, the other thing I would point out, there is a shitload of blood and gore in this, and they animate mm -hmm. it in a way that you feel the gore and the blood. And so if you're really squeamish, you, you might be a little turned off by this, but if you're okay with some violence and some gore, um, you might find a lot of fun in this. It's, it's funny, it's interesting, it's intriguing. I'm really fascinated to find out where they end up going. And so if you've got Amazon Prime, get over there and check out Invincible while it's still running. I'd love to have more folks to, to catch up with uh, about this on a weekly basis. So uh, big recommend for me. Seth, I know you're enjoying it too. Jared's going to check this one out. So um, Amazon Prime for Invincible. That's my one more thing. Yeah. You all say too with uh, – sorry, with the with the Invincible, just to add to that. Um, 
the first episode, it did take me a while to get into it. Um, and there's like a post credit scene. I think all every episode has like a post credit scene. They do like a little title card, do like a directed by or whatever, and then cut to something. Um, the the first episode that that post credit scene was when I was like, okay, I'm I'm into this. I, I I'm excited to see where it goes. But the first episode up to that point was it was pretty felt a little generic. I mean, there's still there was a couple things that led you to believe like, oh, this is this is a little different than I thought. Um, but it's a you know essentially it's an origin story. So you figure out who this kid is and the powers and blah 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 blah, um, which is always my biggest issue with superhero stuff is i i we've seen a million origin stories um but uh after that the the next you know three episodes after that i've been fully in on so i enjoyed a lot yeah i'm glad you gave me that disclaimer because uh i aren't the episodes like an hour long like 46 okay, 46 minutes, minutes. Yeah. okay a little bit longer yeah i'll probably try to catch these and catch up with you guys because that's kind of what the talk of the town has been over on the twits, uh, talking about Invincible. Uh, my one more thing, um, it's going to be a little bit bittersweet, but a fun story that comes out of it. So this last weekend, unfortunately, my uh, last grandparent, my grandpa, had passed away, went back, funeral, all that, you know, family. It, it turned out to, you know, be a nice ceremony and seeing everyone. But, uh, you know, we were all kind of sitting around telling stories and whatnot, and I have a really kind of fun charming story that i had with my grandpa um again he was always a fun guy i always would sit down and just talk to him he'd always talk about him being in the air force and stuff like that but um we'd always go up and visit him up in minneapolis and he he was kind of a a handyman a fit like kind of a you'd fix the stuff up all the time and i remember him taking me to home depot with him um i'd cruise around with him just telling stories again like I said but he was one of these older guys that you know had the suspenders you know kind of the pants the suspenders the you know button-up shirt and all of that stuff so we're walking up and down the aisles of Home Depot and he's looking for you know paint I think because we had to paint a new room and I'm just being you know an obnoxious kid you know just kind of you know picking things up you know messing around with things and I got to the point where I was just being, you know, again, annoying and obnoxious to him, but I thought I was being funny, and I was kind of, like, pulling at his pants a little bit, just pulling at his pants. And he's like, you know, you're going to pull those too, t- you know, too too much, and they're going to come all the way down. I'm like, no, Grandpa, I'm never going to do that. We're in, you know, we're in public or whatever. And we get down to the aisle where, you know, you're looking at doors and stuff, and I just pull his pants. They go all the way down to his <laughs> ankles. <laughs> and... He said that he turned around and looked at me. I had the most shocked look on my face and pulled them up faster than I had pulled them down. <laughs> but, yeah, I basically uh, remembered I depanced my grandpa when I was, like, a little kid in, in Home Depot. So I just had to share that little funny story. Depants yeah. my grandpa. Yeah. Holy Because I think the suspenders, they, they unclipped, and then, boom, pants just straight down to his ankles. That's funny. Man. You grandpantsed him. Yeah, I grandpantsed him. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Oh, that's awesome. I love that, man. Sorry to hear about his passing. Rest in peace to Grandpa, but uh, glad you had that funny story to share, man. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, got a couple things. Um, first one, I, I um, caught up on a show that uh, just premiered on HBO Max last week as well, um, and I think they're doing weekly episodes or two episodes a week for a little bit called made for love uh, it's got Kristen Milioti. um i'm trying to think there's 
I know the the, the main actor in it. Um, and my phone's updated now, so I can't look it up. But um, he's the the male lead in it. He's you've seen him before and stuff. He's like, you know, he's a famous guy, I think, but or at least has been in stuff. But, but he's like, he looks like the perfect like douche guy. Like he's he's a in in the show he plays like a tech billionaire type guy. Um, and he's just very he's like almost like a sociopath. And essentially, the the premise of the show is um, takes place in the future. Um, he's he runs a company that's basically Google, and it the name of it sounds like Google. Um, and he lives like on this they, place called the uh, the Hub um, with Chris Miliati. It's it's his wife, and they basically live on this place that like it's it's like a giant box. Like it's, it has a bunch of cubes. It's like a kind of a skyscraper compound area, and they can like basically virtual reality everything around them so that it looks like they're um like on a beach or they're um there's a, like a blue sky so they live in like a manufactured place and one of his newest inventions is that he um created a chip that he can put in um people can put in their heads like couples can put in their heads and their thoughts essentially become one their mind becomes one Separate bodies, one mind type thing. Um, and she's like, uh, no, that's fucking crazy, and I'm leaving. And up to that point, they show that she has been unhappy in, in the relationship and and all that type of stuff. Um, definitely some, like, nefarious things going on here, and they, they kind of leave some things in mystery. They reveal some things early on as well. Um, it's a dark comedy, so it's kind of got some, like, fucked up moments, but it's also pretty funny. And I like Kristen Milioti as the lead, so check it out about half hour episodes on uh, HBO Max so if you got HBO Max if you got Cody's password <laughs> check that one out <laughs> um, the other thing real quick I just want to mention I've kind of, I've mentioned it briefly but um, I've officially now 100% vaccinated um, got two yeah. shots of the Pfizer and for something I you know I've kind of um, I, I, I got lucky and got a shot really early uh, I know that um that it's opening up they're planning to open up here in a few weeks to everyone in america so that's awesome i know fact appointments are going to be still kind of hard to get so hopefully the supply keeps increasing and people can get appointments as soon as possible but for those who are nervous of getting for getting it um don't be um you might get some pain you might uh for me the only symptom i really had was uh sore arm um i drank a ton of water which i hear here helps um I had a sore arm. That was really about it. Um, I know some people who have been, like, tired and achy and things like that, too. At the end of the day, um, it lasts a day or two. Not even that sometimes. Only Sometimes for some people, only lasts a few hours. Um, it's not that bad. You'll you'll get through it. It's way better than staying inside for another two years or however long um, and getting COVID. So get the vaccine. Don't be a little baby. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be fine. It's not changing your DNA. It's going to help you not die. So get the vaccine. I don't care if you have beliefs against a vaccine. You're stupid. Um, <laughs> get, get the vaccine. And uh, we can all go back to going to the movies and concerts and all kinds of good good old stuff. So I had a good experience with it all. And in terms of the experience of getting it, like getting the appointment sucks. It's hard but because everyone's trying to get it. But once I got the appointment, it was all very, very quick and easy, and like it, it, 
very organized. So kudos, props to all the people doing that stuff. Fingers crossed everyone for getting an appointment. Just keep checking. There's a lot of websites out there. Check your pharmacy, call your provider, all that stuff. Need everyone to get it. There you go, man. I love it. I love it. We got, we're one out of three vaxxed. Uh, I know Jared and I have hot leads on, on um, being able to get this very soon for ourselves. So very stoked to get, get vaccinated and get back out to, to get into, you know, the switch foot concerts and <laughs> schmodown events and whoever, whatever the fuck else trouble we can get in as a crew. Um, we're getting close folks. So get out there, get that ass vaxxed. Uh, mm. Check out Made for Love and Invincible and be very careful when you're pulling on your grandpa's pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for one uh. more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to do it for episode <laughs> 190 of the SoCo Show. Wow. Um, big shouts out to all of our sponsors and all of our anchor wankers. Really appreciate y'all uh, contributing to the show, helping us keep things going and growing all the time. Um, big shouts out to all the listeners here who spent, spent time with us, um, this evening. Again, just a quick reminder next week, we're going to make our Oscar picks with Lindsay Monday. And in two weeks, we are live on the J Buck studios, YouTube page, At Jared Buckendall. make sure you catch us for both of those shows, Jared, for folks who are heading over to the YouTube or making their way on TikTok, what should they keep an eye out for over this next week? Uh, just a handful of reviews here or there on YouTube. Obviously, Falcon Winter Soldier, but TikTok is the main hub right now. Pumping content out, doing some fun things where I'm putting myself into movie scenes, kind of like a deleted movie scene sketches and whatnot. And then Saturday, I will be guesting on the Infinity Bros podcast. So if you want to hear me on a different podcast, me cheating on these two fellas, head over yeah, it's there. Committing Pod yep, Altry. Pod Altry. Take me to court. We're bitches. gonna kick down the door of that podcast and and start cutting throats. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys can watch me, podcucks or whatever. <laughs> podcucks is a good one. We are uh, just a couple of soy boys getting podcucked. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Uh, well, keep an eye out and an ear out for all things J Buck. Um, good shit coming out every day. A lot of it. I don't know where you're, where you, where your well of creative shit is, but it seems to have no bottom. So, uh, make sure you guys are following on YouTube and on TikTok. No so bottoms you can catch for the podcast. Yep. No bottoms for the. We're all tops on the podcast. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, we we got to end this thing. Um, <laughs> that's gonna wrap us up for episode 190. Thanks again for joining us for the bro host Jared Buckendall and the so host Seth Ott. I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.